Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, the most professional podcaster, and of course, the queen of soft style herself, Miranda Morales. I am so excited that we are doing this again. We took a little bit of a break last week. Hey, we all got to take breaks here and there, but we are back with some wrestling for you. We have actually a great topic this week, one that is very near and dear to my heart for many of you who know uh, one of my favorite wrestlers. Well, we're going to talk about them and some of the story they've been involved in in the past recent months plus some not breaking because it's you know it's been out but some news as of today uh regarding something fun for wrestling fans that you know you could teach your kids about who knows what we'll get more into that a little bit later on i am joined as always with my co-host the kingpin of the chairshot.com greg demarco dave it's me dave Although you're Dave now, so I don't even know. Yes, yes. I mean, I was going to get into that in a second, but this may be changed to the hashtag Dave show uh, because Greg, you know, makes one joke and it sticks apparently. That's how my life works. I mean, that's, that's, you know, this. That's how it works. You're the queen of soft style. You're the hashtag Miranda on social media. You're, I mean. Or it may be now the hashtag Dave, which is. (laughs) Maybe that'll be the subtitle. Maybe it'll be, maybe when you're seeing this, it'll say the hashtag Miranda show colon the hashtag Dave show. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. I hope they're not hashtag Dave show. He's going to be pissed because I'm just just going to blow up the internet. This hashtag Dave is going to be like, what? You know, look, look, now you're making me, I got to look on Instagram to see if there's a hashtag Dave. You look on Instagram or or just Google to see if there's a hashtag Dave I am uh, Miranda, by the way, is at I'll do some social media stuff. Miranda, by the way, is at the hashtag Miranda on the Instagram. She, like she said, is the Twitterless heroine. She is not on Twitter. That's where the hashtag Miranda name comes from, because back when I would promote the show, I would tag at Wrestling Realist for Patrick O'Dowd. And because I couldn't tag Miranda on Twitter, I just went hashtag Miranda. We started referring to her as hashtag Miranda. She found out about it. And the rest is history. She became the hashtag Miranda. I am on social media at Chairshot Greg. That's because, like she said, I'm the kingpin of the Chairshot.com and want to just help you enjoy wrestling more. So go follow me at Chairshot Greg. I'm also at Chairshot Greg on Facebook, on Instagram, on Tout, on MySpace, on um, Club Penguin. Oh yeah, Pen- is it, what's the one that the Republicans are on? I can't remember what that one's called. I wouldn't be on. I don't one, know so. what the. I didn't know there was a special one for that. There's like plural or some. Sh- I don't know what it's called, but yeah, there's apparently one for Republicans. I don't. I'm apolitical, so 
Uh, I, I could give a shit, but it's, um, yeah, I'm not there. Whatever that Republican social media platform is, I ain't there. Can't I'm sure there. JBL and Randy Orton and AJ Styles are, but I'm not. And, and you won't find me there at all. So sorry, not sorry. But hey, Miranda's back. Did you find the hashtag yeah, Dave? I didn't. I, there's no hashtag Dave on Instagram. Dave? So. It's me, Dave. So we could do that if I really wanted to. If we really wanted to. We're not doing it today because it's my show and I get to do what I want to do. Of course. So I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to do that. No. Why, why, no. why would you do something you don't want to do? Wild no, exactly. bitches! On your own show, even. Like, that's the even dumber mm-hmm. part. Why would, yes. would anyone do that? I don't know. Yes. So... One thing I do want to do, though, is let all of you lovely listeners know that you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and get your very own chair shot T-shirt today. Something very special that's happening starting on September 3rd through September 7th is that you can get 20% off your entire sale at ProWrestlingTees.com using the code Labor Day. That means you can get your very own chair shot gear at a reduced percentage. That means that you can go order soft style, which usually, well, it's a few extra dollars, but you could take some of that off using this code. So, hey, this is the time to treat yourself. You know, they say that this is usually the end of summer. Yes, Greg is sporting his chair shot shirt. That is one of many designs that are available. Go ahead and treat yourself. There's over 25 different designs that you can choose from. Of course, the OG chair shot logo that you see in the back, the one that Greg is wearing. Uh, multiple always use your head t-shirts as well. There's the chair shot Corona, chair shot 316, hashtag save tag team wrestling. And of course, the queen of soft style t-shirt is available at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And there you can support the chair shot.com, your source for wrestling news analysis and opinions. And of course, other great podcasts. They also have shirts available at pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot. And don't forget 20% off your order. When you are listening and or watching this now, that means that you still have time to go to pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot and get 20% off of your entire order. That's a lot. So do it now. Pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. 
That's over 150 of your favorite promotions found exclusively at powerslam.tv. So go to powerslam.tv and you'll get a free week. But if you use the promo code chairshot, you will get a free month. Now a month is only six bucks, but why not try it out and see if you like it first and do it on us. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot, get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Those are some great visuals, Greg. Very, I mean, very much appreciated. Yes. Not, not a no, no. Don't worry about how long it took PowerSlam.tv to load. I'm sure it will load faster for you when you're trying to sign up. I promise. I'm on a, <laughs> I'm on a phone. I'm recording yes. podcasts at the same time. And I may go ahead and buy that enamel pin from Angry Lemonade because that was a very cool pin. A Skeletor pin from Angry Lemonade. Use a promo code ChairShot. Save save ten percent on said pin or anything you want there. Commissions, you name it. There's there's no limits to what you can save on. And that's like the only, we're the only ones that have a promo code there. So it's not like, you know, everybody has a promo code. The only way you're going to save 10% is that promo code chair shot, angrylemonade.net. Again, saving money. That's what we like to do. I am a value shopper. That's, I I definitely have spent many a time at outlet malls and uh, secondhand stores, discounts, whatever it is. I'm always shopping for a deal. So we bring that to you here on the hashtag Miranda show. Exactly. Just for you. Just for, Just you. for you. So, wrestling topic this week is one uh, I mentioned near and dear to my heart as far as one one of the, the main people in this story is someone I've talked about many a times in this on the show, on the Greg DeMarco show. Um, and it's really highlighting a very interesting angle. One, this is the long run. This is a long story that has been developing really for years when you think about it. But at its height, has really taken on a a new this summer. One that even I have to admit took a while for me to catch on, but now I've really enjoyed it and can't wait to see what happens next. And that is the story of Bailey and Sasha Banks, the boss and hug connection. Uh, You know, most recently they were, you know, uh, Bailey uh, Dose Belts and Two two Belts Banks. However, you know, things have changed in the past week for them. So I really want to talk about this friendship uh, that they have and really how much it's grown over, really, you know, just this this past uh, summer. And again, how much has changed and and what it's done for both individuals, uh, especially for Bailey, someone who in this new character change was not something that originally clicked with me. But I have to admit, it's, it's growing on me. So I want to actually do a timeline first, just, you know, to get all of these kind of dates and facts sorted out. So we know where we're at. Get our bearings, as they say, you know, uh, even though we're not out to sea, actually in the middle of the desert. So I don't know what they say in the desert. Do they say get your bearing straight? I don't know. There also is a bearing straight that exists. So I don't know. But this isn't a geography yeah. show. This is not. No, it's not a geography no, it's not show. A geography show. It's a wrestling not Jeopardy. show. Uh, if you've ever listened to Pot is War, that is a cooking show. They will tell you that. Just go listen. This, however, not a geography show, not world history, not anything academic whatsoever. It's no. Awesome well, show. not yet. Not yet. That's a teaser for later. We're That's gonna, right. We're going to teach, oh, wow. teach the kids. We're going to teach the kids later. Damn. Look at look, uh, that. That's, that was, yeah, that was like a slick move by, by both of us, and we didn't even plan it. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. So we're going to start off with Bailey, who 
has been SmackDown Women's Champion for 300-plus days. She won uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship back in May 19th of last year, which was Money in the Bank. And that, too, was a big change for her. I remember watching that she won uh, the Money in the Bank briefcase earlier that night and got into a confrontation uh, with Charlotte Flair later on in that show and ended up cashing in that same night. Um, which I originally was not a fan of because uh, of the way that it had been cashed in on the same night the year before. However, this was back when there was live, you know, shows with fans, which feels like so long ago. The crowd was really behind her. And at that point, you know, she she was still a face. She was still the lovable hugger, hugger character. But, you know, the character itself had lost some steam. Um, she she you know, the character that she was in NXT, as we've seen with, you know, several people in NXT, doesn't always translate to Raw or SmackDown in the same way. And, you know, the the. Um, Programs that she had been in, uh, especially with, with Charlotte previously, and even with Alexa Bliss, felt like it. she lost some momentum more than she gained it. So this night was really a turning point for her because, you know, she took the opportunity and ran with it, and the crowd was really in, in love with it. So um, that was really where a lot of this, I think, starts, was uh, the 2019 Money in the Bank pay-per-view with Bailey winning the SmackDown Women's Championship. We then hit. Go ahead. I, I was I was even going to go further back because the whole women's tag team championship deal that they won and and defended at WrestleMania 35 and all that craziness too. That and and the crying and and all the rumors about mm-hmm. Sasha and and them crying on the floor and and then you know everyone hated Sasha for a while. Yeah. Uh, but then but then of course she came back. But that money we talked about that money in the bank. I'm pretty sure it was on this show. It may have yeah. been on the Greg DeMarco show or whatever we called it back in May of twenty nineteen. I don't know. But it and, and that topic came up. Like they just did the cash in the year before with Alexa Bliss. They did it again with Bailey. And I remember because I didn't mind it at all. Like I thought it was fantastic because of the moment that it created. Mm-hmm. You had Charlotte, you know, and, and we had Becky with multiple title defenses and then the cat, you know, and, and, and Charlotte taking advantage of the opportunity to, to make Becky wrestle twice in a row, uh, which of course they just recently did, although Oscar didn't have to wrestle twice in a row. It was, it was spaced out on, on SummerSlam card. And then of course Bailey cashes in and it was just a really well done portion of that year's money in the bank. I, I really enjoyed it. In fact, the best moments from the past, you know, two money in the banks, not counting this year's were the women's briefcase being cashed in. So, uh, and Bailey will forever have that element in history. There's still a small number of people who have cashed in on the show where they won the briefcase and Bailey will always have that. And you make up a good point as far as how far back. I mean, this really does go back to when they first won the tag titles. Um, but I'm really sticking more to kind of everything that's happened in, in a little bit over the past year. Cause I feel like that's where this story really has grown with uh, the changes in, in both women. Um, and speaking of changes, Later on in the fall, September 2nd, uh, is when we had the Bailey heel turn. She ended up attacking Becky Lynch on an episode of Raw, and that was something I don't think uh, all of anyone really expected, um, because I think we thought, kind of very similar to John Cena, that Bailey was going to be this eternal babyface. 
And over the few weeks after that, we started to see her change in not only character, but in the way that she dressed. She shanked the the <laughs> her, her Bailey buddies, like literally like took knives to them and shank them and said, y'all dead to me. So, you know, that was a, a big shift, something that surprised me. Um, we saw a change in her hair. You know, she ended up cutting her hair, getting rid of the ponytail um, into more of that layered cut. This was also around the time, though, that things were not clicking for me. Like, it really felt like, yes, the heel turn was there, but I didn't really, I wasn't really able to make sense of it all as to why it was happening. You know, what was the motivation behind it? What was really changing about her? There were certain things that were very clear and distinct of, yes, I'm getting rid of the old Bailey. The old Bailey is dead. This new one is coming in. But I just like there was things that weren't clicking with me. Was that something that was similar for you during this initial phase of her heel or, or yeah, to the, the heel turn? It was because it, it just she was always the baby face. Even on the indies when she was Davina Rose, she was a baby face. And in NXT, she was the baby face. And, and even as a personality. She was the baby face, even though, you know, Cody Rhodes told us otherwise and was probably right. But it's, it's, I always thought she'd forever be the baby face because it was marketable. Even if she was on the undercard and not involved in a storyline, remember a lot of this was when there were fans in the building. I always talked about how great she would be for the fans, for the little girls, for the kids, everything like it was just, and she could do it for years upon years upon years, making a six finger figure salary and eventually becoming a millionaire by being happy, go lucky, lovable Bailey. And unlike John Cena, unlike anybody else, they flipped the script and they turned her heel uh, and, and, and added that characteristic to her, that character trait and then making her heel. And over, t- and it didn't work at first. I'm agree with you. It did not work at first. I didn't see it. I don't think she did a very good job of it in the beginning. I'm on record as changing that um, tune here on this show. Um, but in the beginning, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. And I thought it was, I didn't think it was going to work. No, and, and I remember even an episode of the Greg DeMarco show where we had our three wrestling wishes. One of them was I wish this this heel turn hadn't happened because of the fact that it just did not connect with me. Um, and I agree. I was I was wrong. As we'll get later into this timeline, things started to click. However, things only really started to click when. Her partnership with Sasha became that much stronger, which I think is something, too, we could analyze and talk about a little bit more about this dynamic with Sasha. I mean, everybody knows Bailey and Sasha Banks have had, you know, a really storied rivalry and partnership. Um, you know, Sasha was out for a while, as Gray had mentioned, um, uh in kind of really in and out of WWE, especially after they lost the tag titles. Um, and so what we did start to see though was Bailey and Sasha start to reconnect. But this time, you know, time as as heels, not both as as baby faces. And Sasha did play a, a fairly big role in Bailey being able to retain her SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, and you know, up and through WrestleMania 36, where uh, Bailey continued her streak and was able to successfully retain through a gauntlet match. Um, and, and one where we certainly thought that, you know, this could be the opportunity for her to lose it. She, you know, stayed resilient and uh, continued her long streak. Now, the next chapter of the story really happens in June when Bailey and Sasha Banks become tag team champions. And they do this on an episode of SmackDown. Um, and shortly afterward, you know, 
you start to see a little shift in dynamic as well um, between the two, because now they're both title holders, but, you know, Bailey's kind of, you know, not rubbing in, but, you know, really emphasizing how she's, you know, those, those straps, those straps Bailey and, and Sasha only has one, which is kind of like, you know, the rich kid being like, Oh, you only have one belt. Like that's really cute. You should, but having two belts is much greater. Even though that friendship, that dynamic, that friendship was always there, it seemed like there was a little bit of tension surfacing because of the fact that, you know, Bailey had done that the the one thing that one other person who was who was uh, Becky Lynch has done, which is hold two women's belts simultaneously, and really the first to hold the tag team title and a women's title at the same uh, at, during the same time. Um, but you started to see changes in their dynamic. At the same time, things really start to click because there was a lot of comparisons between them. And say the two man power trip with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H, even though they went on record saying, you know, that they appreciate the comparison, but that's not who they were. I mean, the fact that you had two women get that kind of comparison is still a pretty big deal. Yeah, it was a, it was a great comparison. And, and just, you know, if you watch the WWE Network special on both of them too, like, the way that women were treated and how a lot, it was their feud that kind of transcended what women were allowed to do in a lot of ways. And, and they had to sneak around a little bit and just go out there and do it. Um, and so to be compared to the two man power trip is, is the ultimate compliment because you're talking about two of the biggest stars in the history of this business. I do want to go back to one thing. So WrestleMania 36 took place and we were making predictions. We were talking about it and we said that Sasha Banks wouldn't, wouldn't cost her. They, they, they'd stay together. Because if you remember, they were talking about April, March and April now. We figured that SummerSlam would have fans and would take yeah. place in Boston. Like back in March and April, we figured this would all be wrapped up by August. They would turn. Sasha would be the, the, the hero, get the hero's welcome in Boston at SummerSlam and, and be Bailey. And maybe that was the plan. Who knows? Of course, SummerSlam took place at the Amway Center in Orlando in front of a digital board. So it, it's it's not, you know, and, and we're still dealing with, you know, we're on like year seven right now of, of COVID-19. And and so thus year seven of Bailey as SmackDown Women's Champion, since she was Women's Champion before COVID-19. But it, it's, we really thought this was going to play out during the year 2020 and probably not, maybe not culminate at SummerSlam, but that was going to be a big part of it, a big moment at SummerSlam and, and, of course, that that just couldn't happen. So there's a lot very much in this in this program. We've, we, there's been a lot of false starts almost, or like this is going to be the moment where they turn. This is going to be you know the moment that we see one of them turn on, on each other. And you're right at WrestleMania. That was absolutely what I think a lot of fans thought was going to be the set up to SummerSlam. That there was going to be this big blow off match. Uh, at SummerSlam and it definitely could have been influenced by COVID as to why they, they didn't um, because shortly after, you know, not too long after that, they became uh, tag champions. And that was another one that, you know, kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop uh, as tag team champions. And I have to admit, I think they, they were tag tag champs longer than I think we expected. I think we expected it to really be a very quick flash in the pan. Um, and it was fairly quick, but I think it lasted a lot longer than um, many people anticipated. But yes, there was always this lingering feeling that they were going to 
turn on each other. Something was going to happen. Um, but it ended up continuing to grow. So um, at Extreme Rules, the horror show, Sasha faced Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. And through shenanigans, Sasha left the horror show uh, with the Raw title. That was more after uh, the referee got missed it in the face and Bailey put on a ref shirt. So that's how we do these things, I guess. Well, and it didn't count. Until Remember, you, they had to yeah, have the rematch, they, which Sasha they had wins. The rematch. What, what count out? Yes. Yeah, so that was a, a stipulation how Sasha could win by count out, um, which she did because Bailey beat up Kyrie Sane. Uh, so again, you could see the dynamic. They were really doing what they could to help each other out. Um, and yes, we had Sasha Banks as the Raw Women's Champion and Bayley still as SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, and then Asuka comes into the picture and ends up challenging both women at SummerSlam. And you could see, again, some of that division happening between them. Uh, they were kind of arguing as to who should face Asuka first at SummerSlam. And they ended up having the Beat the Clock Challenge where Bayley lost. And so she had to face her first. And, you know, even as they were coming out in their entrances, you could tell Bailey's attitude was very different than Sasha's and vice versa later on that night, how their attitudes changed completely when the shoe was on the other foot. And of course, as in kind of unfortunate uh, fashion for Sasha Banks, she lost the Raw Women's title to Asuka at SummerSlam. And just less than a week later at Payback, they lost the tag titles to Shayna Baszler and um, Nia Jax. And Nia Jax. So we're kind of back to square one. Bayley is still the SmackDown Women's Champion and you have uh, Sasha Nobles. and through even some of, of that. So one thing I do want to point out is the buildup to the tag match. I believe it was on uh, Raw this past week where they had a promo, uh, doing a promo, uh, and were interrupted by Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. And in their, in that promo, Sasha did a lot of the talking. And, and uh, as Nia and uh, Shayna kind of insulted Bailey and Sasha about, you know, how they weren't talking about being good or, or, or winning. Sasha is replying to them and talking about how she's going to get her vengeance, but she doesn't look at Naya or Shayna when she says that. She looks at Bailey when she says that. Like, she specifically says, I will get my vengeance. And the camera clearly shows her not looking ahead looking to the side so there's been little digs throughout this story that shows Sasha's getting to her boiling point with Bailey which also then means Sasha may be the face coming out of this which I don't think fans ever expected um that Sasha was the one who kind of put herself on the line um we saw that in her match against uh in Bailey's match against Asuka that if it wasn't for the distraction that Sasha helped cause Bailey still may not be champion and when it came time for Bailey to help with the distraction, she couldn't do it. And that ended up uh, costing Sasha her belt. So the fact, too, that in this dynamic, I think a lot of people thought that, you know, with Bailey being such a strong face in the beginning, she could naturally revert back to that. But I think you're really starting to build sympathy for Sasha because you are seeing that she is putting more effort into the friendship than uh, or at least into the championships than Bailey is. So a couple, I want to go back to something earlier that, that really stuck out to me. 
You talked about how they held the Women's Tag Team Championship longer than anybody expected, and I agree with you. I think they did. It's ironic because the first time they held those Women's Tag Team Championships, we thought they would hold them a heck of a lot longer, mm-hmm. where they won them at Elimination Chamber and then lost them at WrestleMania right away. And, and, and we were surprised by that, but yet this time, we were surprised by how long they held them, and they held them longer than we thought they would. Um, in, in terms of Sasha kind of being set up sympathetic, I, I, real quick, because I, I teased this at the end of the Greg DeMarco show, we're going to talk about face heel dynamic next week. And so I'm going to let you use the phrase baby face and face for Sasha right now. Um, for the context of this conversation. Yes. For the context of this conversation, I'll go with the verbiage uh, that, that she would be. And it's also my face. show. So even if you didn't want to, I'd make you. You would. You would. Yes. Yes, you would. Yes. Because that's just kind of the way that the way that things work that's, around here yeah. sometimes. I, I mean, I, you, I'm lucky I don't have to enact a hashtag Miranda right, but I would if I had to. You would. I don't think that'll get us in trouble on YouTube. I, I don't. No, nobody knows that That's sound. Like, ever. It's not trademark. People it? know that sound. Anyway, um, but it, it is like Sasha's attention is diverted a little bit. There have been times where Bailey would say something too and kind of realize, oh crap, like I said this here and in this spot. So that has been a thing as well. And, and as things have kind of progressed forward with them. So it's definitely been the way the story has been told. It's been interwoven, but then they always kind of bring it back and, and they always kind of make sure that things are okay again. So, um, but, but Sasha's promo, yeah, it was obvious. It was very obvious. I think it should be obvious too. I'm not complaining that it was obvious. It's exactly what they should do because it's the kind of thing we all know what's eventually coming. And we all knew what was coming from the day this whole thing started. It was just a matter of when and how. Well, and you brought up something that I, earlier that I wanted to play into this as well, because it does weave into their story. And this also, you know, came up around the time of SummerSlam. Um, WWE on the network, they have a new episode of Untold that highlights the match between Bailey and Sasha Banks at NXT Brooklyn. And you get kind of more of their candid um, insights as to how they put the match together, their, their history of getting to know each other in NXT. Um, the evolutions that both of their characters went through and leading up to Brooklyn, which for them, both of them was the biggest match of their entire career and how they really, you know, the, the surprise for some people is that they didn't have a lot of time to put the match together because Sasha was involved in the pre-show, but they had so much chemistry between each other from the get-go. And there was a lot of trust in between them. Um, that, you know, they were able to put the match together and try things that they had never done before as well. Um, and, you know, all these things that came kind of naturally, you know, Sasha talked about some things that she did that she didn't even, she just did. She didn't even necessarily ask permission or, or think about. She just did because that just kind of was, was part of her character. And I think that is interesting when you think about what that that match is as far as within women's wrestling, but in the story between them. You know, we know that they have good chemistry uh, between each other and that a a long story between them works. Um, It's not something that needs to be rushed. I think that it's interesting where, you know, the dynamics have changed between the two, but I also think it works well because ultimately you have, you know, again, in the context of the story, a good guy and a, and a bad guy. Now it's not as clearly defined. It could be more of a frenemy situation. And I think that too uh, sometimes can be a little trickier, I think in telling in women's stories where, um, 
the dynamic isn't as clear because you start off in kind of a frenemy situation and then that deteriorates and breaks down. So hopefully we get more clear cut issues between them to build it up because it's only going to build more fuel to their fire. Um, But I, I think that for them to be able to be so candid about that experience, that whole match, um, and, and ultimately to how it kind of plays into this overall story that they're telling that I think they're going to tell for the rest of their careers. I mean, you know, I, they could be trying to do something great like that again. And I don't know if, you know, if lightning per se can strike twice. I think all of the elements for that particular match were truly you know, once in a lifetime, you know, I think women's matches and women's wrestling have evolved so much where now it's just expected for things to be that good. Whereas for um, Brooklyn, you didn't expect it to be as, as good as it was. Um, but it's, you know, it's a whole, it's, it's, it's a deeper part of their story. Just like you mentioned when they first won the tag champions, but I have to admit, going back to something I was mentioning earlier, so, Bailey's heel turn has now really worked because of Sasha Banks. I 100% believe if it wasn't for her involvement with Sasha Banks, the heel turn wouldn't be as, or the hero character wouldn't be as effective. Yeah, she definitely needed that comfort level there Mm -hmm. that Sasha provided her. And and I think now she could carry the character by herself. But I think she needed to transition from, you know, being able, not being able to carry it to being able to carry it. And Sasha provided that transition because Sasha's a fantastic heel character. She doesn't need anybody. And, and even if yeah. she's the baby face in this dynamic, she's probably still going to have the same character traits of yeah. being a heel. She's going to be aligned differently. And, and I think she should, because that's where she's at her best. But at the same time of all, yeah, it really, it Sasha was, she bridged that gap. She was the bridge for Bailey to become a strong solo heel performer. And she mm-hmm. did it. And now Bailey, I believe could play that role with, and will play that role eventually without Sasha Banks and we'll do a great job of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's such a good point. I mean, eventually this will evolve beyond, you know, this story where they're going to go off into different stories and they have kind of segued here or there, but I think it works because you are right. Like when you look at kind of almost a, a solid masterclass in, in women's wrestling when it comes to heel work. I mean, Sasha Banks has done some really great things in the ring, just her attitude, her, her approach. And I think, you know, this, this new character for Bailey needed that almost someone to like rep her, to like back her up because by herself, it was not working. It was not working. Um, And again, too, it's this kind of friendship that's, that's rubbing off on, on each other. And they were able to build up these big egos, this, this, this power trip between the two, and they were able to back it up. And that's another thing. Like, it's one thing to, to do all of this and, and to gloat, but if you don't back it up with wins and successes. Now, I think an interesting thing, too, about Bailey, though, is that she is still kind of the fall guy in this situation, you know, like she's, she will always kind of eat the pin and like she did eat when losing the, the, the tag championships um, at payback. She was the one who, who submitted, not Sasha, even though yeah, they were both in, in the submission. Um, and, and Sasha made it very clear on social media to, to rep that. She's like, I did not tap. That was not me. So that that's an interesting thing too, in this whole 
uh, scenario with Bailey is that she's eaten a lot more pins than Sasha, I, I believe, and still is kind of being the more quote unquote successful one of this pairing. So and that I could think, also be another motivation. I think that's a huge part of the story if you think about it. Like Bailey is still champion. When this whole thing started, Bailey was a champion. Present day, Bailey's a champion. Sasha has won and lost two championships during this whole thing. Yet Sasha has been, in terms of wrestling, wins and losses, running interference or whatever, far more successful than Bailey. Mm-hmm. Yet she's left with nothing. And I guarantee you, when the other shoe finally drops, we go and hear that in a promo. We're going to hear Sasha point out every single thing that I just said because I think it's a key element to this story and to the next act whenever that happens when, when this story takes place. And it could still be a while just because of the world. But um, the fact that everything you mentioned, the fact that Bailey is still the one with gold, whereas Sasha is really still the one who's actually been successful or, or helped the team move things forward, that's, that's a key, key part of this story moving forward. Now, going into the future, we're seeing things build up, and who knows, this could lead, I mean, we don't know if this is going to be a, a, a big four pay-per-view uh, lead-up. We talked about SummerSlam originally being the plan. Who knows if this ends up being more of a Survivor Series or, uh, you know, you know where, where it leads to. Hell, I mean, if, if Bailey's still champion, it could even get to the Royal Rumble, depending on how far down the line. My big thing about this is that it was brought up before, uh, mainly by, by wrestling fans, uh, during uh, SummerSlam as far as Sasha's numbers with title defenses, um, specifically the Raw Women's Championship. She has never successfully defended that championship. At least not on paper. My, At least not on paper. Oh, yes, not, not on paper. But I do feel like, this is going to lead to Sasha versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha is going to win that title, and she's going to successfully defend it against Bailey. We're going to have a, another match after that, and that kind of is maybe the way to break the quote unquote curse, um, where you know she has more successful de- de- title defenses. And again, I going back to you know the win loss ratio and all of that. It's very likely that that Bailey would get pinned in those scenarios. So I do feel like there's going to be elements that continue to run full circle long after maybe uh, the dust has settled. Um, but I, I do think that what we've learned over the past year is that their paths continue to intertwine and probably always will for the rest of their careers. And whether, you know, we have Bailey as the face or Sasha's the heel or Bailey as the, the heel and Sasha's the face, you know, I think they've done still a fantastic job of making it work. Um, but there are elements. One, I do think, you know, this is one of the most prolonged stories that WWE has, and it's been worth it. So longer storytelling does have a place in wrestling. However, you know, I do credit them. And I don't know, you know, some of this probably was part of the whole story all along, but when they I don't know who realized this or if this, again, was the plan all along, but the fact that Bailey's character as a heel wasn't getting off the ground when it first came out, like, and the fact that it started to click with Sasha, you know, again, it's good storytelling, good dynamics, good ways of people knowing what works and and what they may need help with. So uh, that is something that, again, I, I have done a 180 on, I was not a fan of 
previously, but totally have become a fan of now. And I just really love this story. I, I do, you know, it, it really hits lots of chords. And is ultimately, just, it tells a story about friendship, about what happens when you have elements of jealousy or, you uh, vengeance when you know one person's successful and the other person isn't when you you know scheme and plot together and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't there's there's just a lot to this story that does uh continue to interest me i actually think if if things happening in the world cause this story to have to be stretched out i think it benefited everybody to be honest with you mm-hmm. I, maybe it was always the plan uh, to be this long of a story that's very possible too because i think everything there's a lot of things that they've done that you, you could tell they had to do because there are no fans. You take this entire storyline and put it in front of fans and it would have played out just as well, if not better. Like you, you wouldn't have to adjust a single thing for this to work in front of fans. And not every story they're telling right now has that. So uh, it's very well could have been one of the few stories they didn't have to adjust. Who knows? But it's been, yeah, it's, it's just been, been fantastic. And you're right. Like, uh, whether or not someone realized that that Bailey was lacking this and needed it, or whether or not that was just a byproduct that really pushed Bailey and her character work through the stratosphere, I don't know, but it definitely happened. I like I said, I'm excited to see what happens with this story. I continue to enjoy them on TV. I'm, it's that's really where I'm at right now. I'm gonna be really looking at every hint, every sign, and like you said, Greg, they're probably gonna be more obvious about it than they were. Uh, previously, I think we're coming to a head mm-hmm. with it, but all those signs is what is really going to keep my eyes focused on this story. See, um, is what, what how this breaks down. I think we got one more false turn left. Mm-hmm. I think we got one more saving of the friendship left before this thing finally drops. I, I think they could still pull that off and just, and that'll be more fuel to the fire for Sasha in the long run. Um, Here's the question that I have about this for you and and, and as we look forward, because you know me, I love to book things, right? Um, do you think this is a WrestleMania 37 feud? I think it could be. You know, uh, talking I, about stretching it could out. Be. I, is yeah. it? Will is it be? It? Um, I think honestly at this point, can't say who knows. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, no. I mean, I, I could see, I could see it. You know, I mean, it's still a ways away, but the fact that they've stretched out the story for this long and they have so much that they can continue to build with that. Now, you know, uh, eight months from now, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look back, or if you try and see, like, at what point, you know, is this? Have they already fought once, and and maybe this is Sasha's last attempt and i and i think that would actually you know great get some good fuel that you know maybe this is a second attempt or even third and this is a you know uh if you don't win this match you can never challenge for the smackdown women's championship again type of thing and it just builds up this anticipation or something like that you know i mean it it could be lots of things but i think that they could continue to to build this up because they again the history you know like and when you're looking at what other stories that they have that have as much momentum that you think, you know, what is really WrestleMania build worthy? Now, it is very different if they're going to be doing this not in front of people. I think yeah, how they and book no. and build could be very different um, if they're not expecting to to do this in front of thousands of people. Um, but, 
you know, I'll, I'll put it out there and say, yes, I could see this running through to WrestleMania 37. And that could be where Sasha gets her, her big win. I absolutely think this happens at WrestleMania 37. I don't think, because this was asked on another podcast and they were like, can you really hold it off to WrestleMania 37? No, but you don't have to. And in fact, I believe one of these two women will probably win the women's Royal Rumble match. And based on the current trajectory, it would be Sasha Banks to win the women's Royal Rumble match and use it to challenge Bailey. Because remember, we supposedly have another draft or shakeup coming up here soon. And with no women's tag team titles in their possession, there's really no reason why they should both be on both brands for a long period of time anymore. Because that was those titles that let them do it. Now, they were doing it before that, and they, the company needed them to. But more and more people are coming back. And, and, and you know, Roman Reigns is back. Sami Zayn is back. Like We're going to get to the point where we don't need both of them on both brands, and even on NXT when they were on there for a while. So to me, I think they might get split up. Maybe after Sasha doesn't win, then maybe she has to just be on Raw, and now she's on a whole separate brand. Winning the Royal Rumble then allows her to go back. Because Survivor Series is probably going to be thematic again, which is going to keep them apart. They'll probably, honestly, the first match in this feud is probably going to be at like a Hell in a Cell or whatever they do after Survivor Series with TLC. Like they're probably going to wrestle each other on a non-quote-unquote Big Four pay-per-view just because Survivor Series. Uh, then you get one of them winning the Royal Rumble. The obvious choice would then be set him up for WrestleMania. I think this match, with the build they've had and the number of years they've had and the significance they've had in the company, could main event WrestleMania 37. Fans or no fans. I really do. Now, I want you to take your notepad, Miranda, that I know you have, and write that down. Yes. September 1st, that, that Greg DeMarco is, is recording this with you, Miranda Morales. I just said Bailey could main event WrestleMania. So that I is true. That make, he did say that. that. Don't worry, it's that. recorded and also will be on YouTube forever. Forever, because we didn't play any bad songs. So, and I didn't even make him say that. Like, no, this is this no. Is this is how I really feel. Stuff where like you're starting to believe. I legitimately, and, and again, it's because of Sasha Banks, but it's also because of Bailey, and it's because of this yeah. program. I will say this: they're not going to main event WrestleMania. That's going to be Roman Reigns, but yeah. the story, <laughs> the story, the build. And the performers are such that they could main event sure. WrestleMania 37 with this feud. They, they should yeah. still get prominent positioning, and this match should definitely take place at WrestleMania. I don't think it's the first time it takes place, but I do think it takes place. Yeah. Well, and going back to what the the WWE Untold story is and what I think really think their legacy will hold is that we will look at this as, again, a chapter in their careers, just a chapter, but one where they'll continue to intersect and their stories will weave in and out. And after this, we may not see them again interact for, for quite a while, but this is something that especially since they've both gone up to Raw and SmackDown and moved on from NXT that fans have really been wanting to see. The story they had in NXT was so good. A lot of it was because it was fairly simple. You had, you know, Bailey, who was this girl just happy to be there against this mean girl, Sasha Banks. Um, and Sasha did all, you know, quote unquote, maybe the wrong things, uh, or as far as treated people badly and won. And Bailey did all the right things and went and went nowhere so to kind of get the validation that she got at at uh takeover at brooklyn you know was something that you know kids and people look at as like an influence in their careers and i could see sasha banks and, and 
uh, Bailey's storylines being an influence for people to say, this got me into wrestling or this got me hooked on wrestling or this got me to stay in wrestling. And that's a beautiful thing, you know, like to have that kind of a legacy. And I believe that. And I, I'm glad that this buildup has happened you know, uh, in, in the long run, in, in hindsight, you know, I think if you would have asked me, you know, five months ago, I'd have been like, hurry up, like, let's get this going. Like, this doesn't make sense. But now I can appreciate it a little bit more. So I think it's also a little bit of a lessons in patience. And little patience can get you a long way and it can get you that payoff. So I'm, I'm still, of course, cautiously optimistic about what this payoff will look like. And yeah, maybe it is being patient a little bit more longer. And by like a little bit more longer is like six more months. <laughs> like that's a lot to ask. Wrestling but, fans and wrestling in general. Yes. Yes. But it could really be worth it. So we have some bills to pay. We got some commercials to run. Just. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Masked Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Right. So for our last story of this episode, uh, we're going to teach you something. We, we teased it. We let you know this is an educational show and, and we're going to teach the children something important today. Um, and this is actually some news that broke earlier today uh, that actually WWE retweeted and put and you wonder, well, what is this so big that WWE retweeted? Well, it is from the dictionary, dictionary.com specifically. Um, so I don't know how, what the correlation is regarding like that and Webster's Dictionary. I don't think it's Webster's Dictionary per se. I don't think it is either. Um, uh, I'll do some research. Yes. But uh, some big news from dictionary.com is that uh, they recently added uh, 15,000 uh, new entries uh, as far as updating uh, and adding new words to dictionary.com. Um, and one of those words that have been recently added to dictionary.com is the word jabroni. Jabroni is now a featured word on dictionary.com. So all the kids now will know well, can now, anyone really can go to dictionary.com, type in jabroni, and get a proper definition, like adults. Like, we are adults, and now yes. I can spend what time I want Googling, or not even Googling, looking up words 
like jabroni. And so, uh, of course, they added uh, or didn't at. Is that how you do? Uh, what's, what's the proper terminology when you at somebody on Twitter, correct? You said it. You at them. Yes, I said, oh, sorry, right? Yes, teaching, teaching the children. Um, at the rock. Uh, I think uh, when it comes to, I think when it comes to whether you add somebody on social media, the children will be teaching you. That is also true. The kids, the kids teach me a lot this today. Uh, to let him know that the dictionary.com has added the word jabroni to, uh, their, their repertoire. That's probably not even the right word. I could go to dictionary.com and try and find a better word, but I'm, busy telling you this story now, so I'll do that later. Um, WWE.com also mentioned it, and many of us know, too, that this is not the first word that uh, of the rocks. And we'll go into that, because I know some people are say it's not really the rocks word. I know. We'll get into that in a second. However, for the context of this story, we're just going to continue with this path, uh, that uh, one of the other words that the rock uses very frequently actually landed in Webster, Merriam-Webster's dictionary, which many consider to be the proper dictionary, um, which was SmackDown. SmackDown was a term that was ended up in um, what the Merriam-Webster dictionary back in uh, 2007. Um, so that's also a pretty big deal for, for the rock. Now, going back to the original term of jabroni, many people know that the rock was not the first one to uh, utter this term or utilize this in the wrestling context. A lot of that gets traced back to Iron Sheik. Um, it's still something that he utilizes very in a lot of, of his communications, um, whether it's in promos or even tweets. And The Rock has stated, you know, to, to give the credit where credit is due, where he got that word first. But, you know, he's the one who popularized it. So that's why he gets a lot of the credit. Yeah. And so I pulled up Jabroni in on dictionary.com. And uh, I don't know if I want to Were you going to go over the definitions? Uh, I'm trying to. So, okay. So the first definition of jabroni, it's a noun, by the way, uh, slang for a stupid, foolish, or um, contemptible person, a loser. And then the the sentence is, is she always has a comeback to own the trolls and jabronis on Twitter. Not talking about Miranda because she's not on Twitter. And the other sentence is, shut your mouth, you dumb jabroni, um, which, you know, again, is perfect. You know your damn role and shut your damn mouth. But the second definition, Miranda. Yes, I just saw that now. I can't uh, believe exists. Like, this is not I, it, Urban it's Dictionary. It's a real thing. This is not Urban this Dictionary. Is some, this is a real thing. crossover shit here. Yes. Also called enhancement talent or jobber. It actually says jobber. Like I feel it like says this jobber. Is, Look, I feel like this up. is Wikipedia. I feel like this is Wikipedia. And then it says in professional wrestling, a wrestler whose purpose is to lose matches against headlining wrestlers in order to build up the status and fame of the headliners. The sentence being: the man is a legend in the ring. He eats jabronis for breakfast. I've never heard of this context as far as. Oh yeah. That's real. I mean, I, I, at least in, you know, I've always heard it in a promotional sense, in a, you know, in a promo, someone using that as an attack. But I do want to, 
there's know, some, there's some inconsistencies. There's an inconsistency now in in in, um, in dictionary.com because the definition of jobber is a real thing, has nothing to do with professional wrestling whatsoever. So so even though they talked about jobber in the definition of jabroni, the definition of jobber is a wholesale merchant, especially one selling to retailers, a piece worker. Oh, there it is, jabroni, right there, number three. I didn't even see it. Four, formerly a merchant who deals in odd lots of jobs. And five, a person who practices jobbery. That's my favorite definition of jobbery right there. Yeah, a person say, who practices brother, jobbery. Yo, that's like an art form, really. Is jobbing really an art form? I oh, feel yeah. like that's yeah. a whole topic. Carpentry. I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. That's a shirt. That's a shirt. The art of jobbing. The art of jobbing. Yes. I love it. And apparently the origin of the word jabroni, it was first recorded uh, in 1915 to 1920 um, for the first definition. And 1995 to 2004, the second definition. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. The, the second definition. And is also it's an origin uncertain, perhaps upper Italian. Hell yeah, it is. Shit. Of course it is. Yeah. What else would I don't it be? know. It's got to be Italian. There's no other you way would. it could be. It's got to be 100 claim Italian. that word. Take the fish. Why wouldn't I? I mean, do you understand? Like, like if you put a bunch of Italians on a plane. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. Oh, shit. I always will get back to that. I will yes. always yes. get no. back to that. Just like I will always get back to the hashtag Dave show. Dave, it's me, Dave. I will always get back to those bad motherfuckers on that plane. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. Yes. So 2020, you know, on top of the other kind of random crazy things uh, that have happened, dictionary.com has now included jabroni as a proper word with definitions, plural. Um, and hey, it even, you know, peels back the curtain on, on the world of professional wrestling a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So, so, you know, mainstream. Funny aside, um, this weekend, uh, we went to the movies, which I haven't done in six months. Um, and, and so on August 29th, we went to the movies. Exactly six months after the last time we went to the movies, on February 29th. On February 29th, we saw Sonic the Hedgehog in the movies. On August 29th, we saw, you know the answer already, Sonic the Hedgehog in the movies. Sonic the Hedgehog, yes. Um, but there's a point where Sonic, I, I won't, you know, spoiler alert, it's fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. Spoiler alert who about cares Sonic the Hedgehog that's I, been out for six months. It's not like I'm spoiling money playing. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. But, because uh, no one wants to spoil money plane. But um, there's a point where, where Sonic's kind of out and, and gets revived and he wakes up and he's like, what planet am I on? Where am I? Whatever. And he's asking all these questions. And one of the pr- questions he asks is, is the rock president yet? And, and it's just really fun. And the Simpsons years ago predicted that Donald Trump would be president. And of course, here we are. Well, Sonic the Hedgehog has predicted that the rock will be president. And if you know me, you know, I absolutely believe that at some point in our lifetimes, the rock will be president of the United States of America. And, and, you know, I, I will, I will be there for the moment Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, that the rock basically, you know, is, is in some big giant international meeting and someone gives their opinions on something. The rock just looks at him and says, Hey, it doesn't matter what you think. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you know this, but we're America. America, That one might get us in trouble. 
That one might. Yeah, make it. You know, it's pretty it's short okay. though. It's, it's okay. It's three seconds long. You know what? Whoever maybe listening is a bunch of they're, they're jabroni anyway. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm wondering when is this going to be a part of like the national spelling bee? Uh, it could be when now. a third grader has to <laughs> spell jabroni. And then and and they ask all those questions, right? Can ask, you please you know what is the, the what is the country of, the of origin? Jabroni. Yes. Can you please use it in a sentence? I would love that it too. It doesn't matter what your name is, you stupid jabroni. Like that's I don't there's no good way of putting it in a sentence, there really, really isn't. without possibly making. I would be so cry. impressed if, like, we're watching the national spelling bee at some point, and someone says, "Can you use it in a sentence?" and and the judge goes, "Yes, I am the jabroni beating, pie eating, trailblazing, <laughs> eyebrow raising." I don't know the rest of it. That's as far as I can get right now, off the top of my head. And you should be impressed that I got that far. So no, that's yeah. very very impressive. One for Greg Demarco. But yeah, jabroni. Now in the dictionary. Who knew? Who knew that could happen? I, I tell you who didn't know. Dean fucking Ambrose. Just wanted to play the soundbite. It's meaningless for the show. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't actually aware, to be fair, you know. But if he uh, was aware, he just would have complained about it. Oh, so. Goddamn right. Yeah, taking his, taking his digs, you know. I get it. He's like, you know. PWI, you know, number one wrestler in the world. No, fuck that shit. Yeah. Seriously. No, we, we, everyone, it, you know, just go ahead and find Greg on social media. Give him a Literally the number two. I, my, God, my heart kind of broke for you. When I saw number two, Adam Cole, like, I, it stung even me. And I, you know. It would have been worse if he wasn't number two. I mean, the guy held the title the entire rating period. Well, that's what I'm saying. Enti- it, we said we weren't going to talk about he's this. Number two on either show, you know, like it does. Like he's number two. Like he's not even number five. Like he was. He's number two. Just he's just there. He was two. there. He was Peter Bryce Wrestler of the Year this year, and and he was also the Chairshot.com's Man of the Year when you and I did the podcast and, and put that together because Patrick couldn't be there either. That's a Patrick O'Dowd thing, apparently, but. And I'm really just taking out my anchor at PWI on Patrick O'Dowd right now, and that's not fair either. But I'm sorry. I wasn't going to go there, but I'm sorry. There is absolutely no reason why John Moxley should be number one. John Moxley shouldn't even be number one in his own damn company. Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes should be above him. And, and Jericho's number three. And Naito and Okada are four and five. Like, they put nobody from the main roster in the top five. That's absurd. It's the biggest show on television. That is agenda-driven journalism, which is, you know, I mean, they're, they're an American publication, so of course they're going to have agenda-driven journalism. Fuck yeah. But I don't care about that. I care about the fact that Adam Cole, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it, and it's going to be, it's really hard for me to say. Dude's career might have peaked over the past 12 months. I'm telling you, his career may have peaked over the past 12 months. He deserved to be number one on any list, including the PWF. He held the number four most important championship in all of professional wrestling today, as determined by Miranda Morales, Andrew Belez, and Greg DeMarco. 
on a list that the AEW championship didn't even make it on because it's only been around for a day and a half. And one day of that day and a half was Chris Jericho. So Mox has really only held the damn thing for half a day. It is irresponsible. Irresponsible journalism on the part of Pro Wrestling Illustrated to just want to say, hey, look how cool we are and pander to the AEW fan base because that's probably because they'll buy the magazine just for that reason. They can only put out six episodes or six issues a year now because nobody's buying print media. But. Uh, <sighs> and I'm the guy who said that Finn Balor should win next Tuesday. But Adam Cole should have been number one. I was going to say, is it going to suck, too, that like he then becomes number two again when he loses to Finn Balor? I don't think so, because he doesn't need the championship. He has made it to the level of doesn't need the title. Because he's already beat, like literally. He may have. I'm afraid he may have. I don't know if he has. I mean, he just carried a punter. To a hello to the best match on a takeover. So there's that. And and you know, and, and again Hey, who knows? Maybe this match against Pat McAfee will finally put him on the number one spot. Because <laughs> it wasn't part of the rating period. You're right. Like next year, Adam Cole is gonna be runaway number one because of the match with Pat McAfee. When he goes to the Silver main roster, lines. he's fucked. Yeah. He is. He kind of is. Like, uh, he's never very interesting him. topic that, that you know, because now, now we're just riffing, right? There was, it came up on another podcast again, if Johnny Gargano could go be successful on the main roster. And a lot of people said no. And the comparison was Daniel Bryan. And it made me think. And I realized why Johnny Gargano can't go be successful on the main roster, even though Daniel Bryan did. Because every generation can only have one Daniel Bryan. And this generation's Daniel Bryan is Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Like Adam Cole could get away with it because his character's totally different. And I'm still concerned that he won't. Like, to be honest with you, they're keeping all these guys down in NXT, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. I mean, the the best thing they might be able to do is make 205 Live a viable show. Like, I'm scared. And I'm okay with them still because NXT eventually, you know, it probably would have been a touring television show by now if not for the pandemic. They need those talents to to do that. Whereas Keith Lee, and I think I don't think we'll see Karrion Cross back in NXT either, and I don't think we should. But it's because he didn't fit for me, and and I think what he does is more suited to the main roster. And I'm back to calling it the main roster because it's obvious they didn't move them to the Amway Center. They moved everybody else to the Amway Center. There's NXT and there's a main roster, and I'm okay with it because I love me some NXT and I love me some Adam Cole, even if he's peaked. If he's not peaked, I don't know. I've just taken your show off the rails. I'm sorry. Yeah, really yeah, no, sorry. this is it's not the right But you know, I, everyone's been having their little digs at, at Greg as far as Adam Cole's number two spot on the PWI 500. Um, you know, and it's still funny, so we're gonna just keep on doing these digs. And number two, uh, like, we, what what does number two stand for? We all know what number two stands for, right? Adam Cole is definitely not number two. By the way, buy yourself a shirt. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash a chair shot. Just like the one behind me. That one. I'm done. I'm done. He's done. I'm no, done. He's, yes. It's just, he's done. Well, hey, you never know what you're going to get on the hashtag Miranda show. And that is a good sign. I mean, we're I do have a question. Okay. I have a question for Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I have one question for you, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Are you really fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? That's it. 
Yeah, no, they they intentionally did it. They're like, dude, we're gonna piss off Greg DeMarco so much by putting yeah. Adam Cohen. Mission accomplished. Mission, Mission accomplished, motherfuckers. Don't change my name, Dave. It's me, Dave. But I'm not going yeah. to change my name because I'm an egotistical maniac. So. No, never. Of course, <laughs> never. Um, on the hashtag Miranda show that you also decide to rename because you want to rename. You can rename your show rename, every day no. of the week. For- <laughs> I wasn't going to rename you, your you show. Could, it was a subtitle. Yes, you did. You yes, that was yes. You said you wanted to rename. I said that. Uh, well, no, I, I joked. I said what you know. I did refer to it as the hashtag Dave Show during the Greg DeMarco Show. But I said it was going to be the hashtag Miranda Show, and then the subtitle colon the hashtag Dave Show, like instead of colon, you know, the Bailey Sasha effect or whatever the hell I'm really going to call it. The hashtag Dave Show would just be. I don't even know how you became Dave. I don't even remember. And that wasn't that long ago because we record these shows on the same day. It was literally like an hour ago. This is this is how our Tuesday nights go. Well, people should listen go. to both shows because it's such good shit. This yeah. is such good yeah. shit. All right. Take us home. Yes. We we teach the kids about the, the word jabroni and Greg DeMarco added a extra credit assignment on Adam Cole for all of you a little bit, you know. I just, uh, I think it's one of those things that just needed to come out. And yeah, you know, yeah, we didn't get the chance to talk about about that on, on the Greg DeMarco show, which was so, me being know. sacrificial. I sacrificed yeah. so that Patrick O'Dowd could have the platform he needed to talk about Chadwick Boseman. Well, it's and the I'm circle not that keeps on giving because then I sacrificed my show so you could talk about Adam Cole. You had nothing planned for the five minutes that I talked about Adam Cole. Let's be honest right now. Uh, really? I don't have a lot of things planned out, Greg. Like, uh, do you think <laughs> I just plan things out? Do you know me? Was I was planning to do it? No. Of course, I knew I planted the seed as soon as I said it. I knew what was going to happen. And you got to let sometimes you got to feel feelings, you know, you got to feel things. You got to process them. So ultimately, you can let it go. See, we're teaching everybody now, not just the children. We're teaching. Everyone can I can I try something? I want to try something. I want to try something right now. You ready? You ready for this? I want you to prepare yourself. Sure. Are you ready? Adam Cole should be number one in the PWI 500. Do it. Give me the. You're doing great, sweetie. Come on. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. 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 So we're gonna break that down. Okay. So I felt it. I good. felt it. That's a good. That's a good sign of progress. It was too fast. I felt, I felt it. like it was too fast. It was. It was just a lot of clapping. Like yeah. you could have started with it. Like he should be, and then really, or it's like he should be on the PWI. Like I don't think you needed all of the clapping. Yeah, I didn't know just what to whatever do. Whatever you wanted to highlight. Like once I started clapping, I couldn't stop. Like it was like. It's all, you know, yeah. you, you've got to find the right tempo, but I felt it. That's a big sign of improvement. Like step. last time you did it, I just, it felt kind of disingenuous. I no, this was genuous. This was genuine. This, exactly. This was feel it. genuine. You could and feel it because it was And sometimes you let the real. rhythm just kind of carry you through the clapping. Yes. But really it's more of a way to accentuate just several words. Like what out of that sentence is the most important to you? Adam Cole should be number one. There you go. Did you ever notice that when he does Adam Cole, baby, he puts up two fingers? He knew. He fucking knew all along. He knew this day was going to come and he was ready for it. And he owned it just like Keith Lee owned all of social media when they complained about his shorts. 
Adam Cole knew this was going to happen, and he prepared Where for it years ago. Is the X Files music? Because that is a conspiracy theory. Do I have theory. that shit? Do I even have it on the new stuff? I don't think I do. That's okay. It'll get us in trouble anyway. I do want to point out you, what you basically said earlier was you planted the seed for me to talk about Adam Cole. So I did. So you did a hashtag Miranda rights without doing a hashtag Miranda rights. Also, we've had multiple mind blowing scenarios during the show. Multiple. This is a psychedelic trip probably uh, for some people. Um, Who knows? But Hey, we just hope that you enjoyed this week's show. We're so happy to be back. I'm happy to be talking with all of you. I'm speaking for Greg because that's just kind of what I do on this show. But I'm sure he's really happy. I know he was very happy to vent out all of his frustrations on Adam Cole being number two on the PWI 500 list. Yeah. So thank you for all of that. You know, that, that, uh, Some bonus content. That bonus content. Yes, bonus content because we do this all for you, everyone. So. We made it to the end of another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Don't forget, of course, you can visit thechairshot.com for all of your wrestling news, analysis, and opinions. I had something ready to go on the sound, and now I have to change it. Hang on. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. I planned ahead for something, Miranda, and, and but I'm, I'm replanning. Yeah, no, you go ahead and replan. Uh, so you can go to thecheershot.com, of course, where you can find this podcast and many podcasts on the Chairshot Radio Network, including uh, other sports podcasts, uh, some great uh, fandom uh, and entertainment podcasts, and of course, you know, pro wrestling is what it's all about. So make sure you go and uh, listen to as many of the podcasts from the Chairshot Radio Network as you can, but mainly this one. This one is the one you should be listening to. Uh, of course, you can follow uh, the Chairshot at Chairshot Media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can follow Greg at Chairshot Greg on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I myself, Miranda Morales. Well, you can only find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda spelled out that is Miranda not Dave not Greg not Bob not Tim not Patrick not anyone the hashtag Miranda I felt it I felt it yeah you don't felt it yeah 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 because I'm defending my name I'm having to defend my name on my own podcast I didn't feel it as much as the Adam Cole bit but I felt it really you're gonna critique me on my own show on my own skills is that how we're gonna end this? It's, it's, Is that it's, how we're gonna end this? It's, it's, it's then that's how we're gonna. It's entertaining for everybody else watching, so yeah. Hopefully it is. Hopefully it is entertaining because we dragged this on way too much. But hey, this a lot of this this show was about friendship. We explored, you know, one of the uh, deepest friendships in pro wrestling per se, and uh, yeah, uh, Greg and I. Well, you know, for sure we're taking a few cues from that. Absolutely. Well done. Absolutely. We are going to face each other at WrestleMania 37. Goddamn right. Main event only. If it ain't the main event, main I ain't going eventing. out. I ain't going out if it ain't the main event. It's not doing Well, of course, Greg would book himself like that. He's only he's, he's going straight to the... <laughs> For a booker, this does not surprise me. None of this that, that surprises Even though it's the one me. thing I complain about other bookers, and I'm not a wrestler, so... Someone asked me if I was going to wrestle on November 21st at the ICW show. I'm like, no. You should wrestle. No, is shut it, up. If no. Nap picks you for his <laughs> for that match. Right? Because that was, that was a stipulation. You could pick anybody, really, right? 
Hopefully, by the time people watch this show, the video's out. But if not, just a little little teaser. A little, little teaser. Mm-hmm. I do expect to have it out by Thursday, so we should be good. Well, there you go. There you go. A deadline for you. So. <laughs> now it is because I'm not editing this. <laughs> so. Or you can edit the last, like, 10 minutes out of the show. It's completely up to you. It's too entertaining. Whatever you want to do. It's entertaining. <laughs> it's entertaining. I am. Uh, well, make sure you join us next week on the Hashtag Miranda Show. Again, you can find us at thechairshot.com or your favorite plat- podcast platform. And, of course, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, thank you all so much. Again, I, I miss all of you. I am so glad to be back in front of you. And we're going to keep doing this again until the wheels come off, you know. We've made it this far in 2020. We've got a little bit of ways to go, but we're all going to do this together. So have a great week and make sure to always keep it soft style.